This episode of the Sportsman's Nation is brought to you by Outdoor Edge and their complete lineup of replaceable blade knives, fixed blade knives, and game processing kits. Now, we've all been there before, trying to field dress your wild game with a dull knife. This is where Outdoor Edge really steps in. With the Razor Safe system, you can have a brand new razor sharp blade with just the push of a button. No more dull blades and no more problems processing your wild game. To check out all of the products from Outdoor Edge, visit OutdoorEdge.com. And at checkout, enter the discount code NATION30. That's N-A-T-I-O-N-3-0 for 30% off of your purchase. Welcome, folks, to the Freshwater Bite Podcast, your source for everything freshwater fishing. I'm your host, Lee Kleino, and on this podcast, you will hear from diehard anglers like yourself, the backstories of those anglers, techniques they use, gear reviews, and everything in between. So if you like fishing, turn it up, because this episode's about to kick off right now. Yes, it's time for another podcast episode. Welcome back, everybody, and thank you for being here, as always. Yeah, summer is cranking up the heat right now, and so is the salmon fishing on the west side of the state here in Michigan. And I brought back on Captain Bob Hines of Central Coast Angling, along with his first mate, new first mate, Quinn Knudsen. And these guys have been killing it out on the water lately with salmon. They're onto a hot bite. And I brought them on right now to share their not only their wisdom, but uh, you know to talk about the bite right now, what the salmon are doing, you know, and just kind of like the atmosphere around salmon fishing this time of year. It can be very intimidating on the big bodies of water like Lake Michigan. You know, they kind of talk a little bit about their boat setup, what boats they have, what boats you can go out on the water safely in, typically. And, um, you know, if it's something that you haven't done yet, I highly encourage you to do it. I used to do it when I lived up in Traverse City um, in my 16 and a half foot Lund Pro V tiller. And I would just choose the days that I went out on the water, make sure that, uh, you know, there wasn't any high winds or storms coming. I'd always pay attention to wind direction and I safely went out on the water and could catch salmon by myself um, on a big body of water, both in the bays and on the west side um, in Lake Michigan. So, I highly encourage you guys to reach out to Bob. He'll talk about that during the episode. Um, ask questions, follow Central Coast Angling. Um, these guys are a wealth of knowledge, and uh, it sounds like Quinn is a young up-and-comer who's uh, also going to make a huge impact on the chartering business as well. So without any further ado, here is Bob and Quinn. All right, I'm going to welcome Bob Bob Hines back to the, the podcast. He This is his, I believe, third appearance, and... He is the captain of Central Coast Angling, and we're also joined by his, is it first mate? First mate. Quinn, and then how do you pronounce your last name, Quinn? Knudsen. Knudsen. Welcome to the podcast, dude. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, you bet. Um, so everyone, Bob, give them a brief introduction of yourself because I think you know folks know you from the from the past episodes. But just give them a very yeah. very thirty thousand foot view, real quick, of uh, who you 30, are. Thirty thousand foot view. I'm going to do a thirty foot view. Okay. All right. I'm Captain Bob Hines. I reside up here in Traverse City, Michigan. Um, I live obviously in Traverse City. I charter at this point. My business has grown exponentially, super fast. I am basically all over. Lake Michigan at this point, all the way from Grand Traverse Bay down to Whitehall, uh, Manistee, Frankfurt, 
Glen Arbor, Leland, Northport, basically perch, lake trout, salmon, any kind of uh, targeted game species. I'm doing it. Um, busy, busy, busy guy running a boat. So yeah, yeah. I got a couple <laughs> questions about that too. Um, so you know, when I first met you, you were just for the most part guiding up in the Grand Traverse Bays. Yeah, I started on Grand Traverse Bay. Yeah, so now you're kind of evolving. You're go- you're you're traveling a lot more. Obviously, you said you've been getting a lot more busy. Is that why you had to bring Quinn aboard? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I started off. Uh, you know, I just want to do lake trout. Yeah, and so now it's like I'm noted as the person that the go-to guy for lake trout for the most part of Grand Traverse Bay, uh, casting, jigging, and I still get a lot of that business. And then I needed more business because it just wasn't enough. Lake trout wasn't enough. And I wanted to work seven months, not three months. Okay. So then I jumped out to perch and then, you know, I saw an opportunity with salmon. Obviously there's a ton of great salmon charters out there, but my clients started asking me instead of sending them somewhere else. I'm like, Hey, I want to keep you as a client. And then business started booming. I'm starting to run doubles. I'm running my head into the dirt, basically losing sleep. And then, Quinn came aboard last year and I will kind of let Quinn take off on how he and I know each other and how he came to the business. Yeah. Quinn now enter, uh, you know, you come in to save the day for Bob because Bob's losing his mind. Go ahead. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I've known Bob for quite a while. I, uh, grew up fishing the rivers around Traverse city and Bob was doing that for a little bit. So, uh, we've always known each other for the past probably six or seven years. Um, I used to be a man. Out in uh, Frankfurt, I did that for uh, three or four years. And then come August, uh, there was change that uh, occurred, and I ended up, uh, Bob kind of gave me a job offer, and I jumped right on it, and we really haven't looked back since. So did you grow up in TC? Born and raised. I'm a fourth generation up here, so. All right, you're not going anywhere. Plug. (laughs) <laughs> so you come aboard how much how old are you to begin with i'm i just turned 20 years old you just turned 20 yep how long have you been chartering for first mating for uh i think this is if i'm you're, correct year five. yeah you're going into your five you've yep. got five okay bob what made you offer him a job especially at such a young age well i mean it's obvious that when quinn came to me last august he was 19 what were you and I like when we were 19? We could stay up all night and party and then go fish the next day. Right. That's exactly what Quinn is every single day. This kid doesn't show up for later. His work ethic is outstanding. His attitude is outstanding. People love him. Kid plays salmon in like 38 seconds flat. I mean, what is there not love? Oh, great. He also knows what he's doing. Right. Like, he is, he's borderline. Like, I'm the old school. He's the new school. We mesh good together and he's brings a ton of talent to the the company so i mean what, there's nothing to not love about the quinster what what do you think so like you know obviously you're getting busier and things like that we know quinn's a rock star but like anybody out there like let's say another charter captain who might be at a pinpoint or i'm sorry a a, a point in their their career where they're like all right i want to be busier but how do i look for or how do i go about hiring or making the next steps like can you kind of talk about how you evolved your business to the next steps um, you know, as far as the business goes, you have to be unique. I've said that since day one. You got to be unique. You've got to cater to people that 
you know, all various walks of life, we get people at the end of the day and we're just like, those are really cool people. Quinn and I have this conversation all the time. We love our all of our clients and we get some clients that are just like, those are cool dudes. And they come back to us multiple times every year. Like, you got to be unique. You got to offer something. You got to make people like you. So anybody that's been doing this for 20, 30 years, they're established. They're set. They're fine. We're still kind of the new guys. You know, I've been at this for, I think, five or six seasons now. Um, we've got two boats in the fleet. So I'm still building a business. A uh, good business should never stop building. I've said that many times, you know, and we're evolving and we've got the perch charters. We've got the salmon charters. We've got the lake trout casting and jigging. You know, I'm, I'm looking at another guy. He's helping me a little bit with just smallmouth bass. Now he's a young guy, tournament angler. He's 26. So, you know, I mean, the youth and the younger people are the future of our fishery. Mm-hmm. So for me not to look at a guy that's 19, 20 years old, that's been fishing since his whole entire life. And he shows up to work every single day on time. And the people absolutely love him. And they're calling me saying, hey, is Quinn going to be on the boat today? I mean, that's a win every day in my book. I mean, right. So, yeah, I mean, it was an ultimately a smart move. People, I mean, Quinn has his own clientele. And, you know, Quinn calls me. He's like, hey, you know, I need a job. And I know he's good. And he's sitting there saying, you know, I've got people that just want to fish with me and they're following me from boat to boat to boat. And then all of a sudden these people are calling me saying, Hey, you know what? We fished with Quinn. I don't know you, but if Quinn is going to be on your boat working for you, I'm coming to fish on your boat so I can be with Quinn. And sure enough, this starts happening. And these people are laying down five, six trips per summer. Those are, you know, per season, those are good clients that Quinn has. I mean, anytime clients follow a mate around, that says something a lot about this about the guy mating on your boat. Quinn, when you were, I mean, obviously you're still really young, but you know, you kind of got a knack for this. Is this something that you want to do? Like, you know, do you want to have aspirations of having your own charter someday or what? Oh, well, I certainly plan on, uh, at least through my college years and definitely continuing my work for Bob. I'm hopefully going to be licensed here by, uh, right around August is the, is the goal right now. So hopefully I'll be running a boat by then. And then, at least for the next two years after that, while I uh, complete my degree, I'm going to be doing that. After that, I really couldn't tell you. <laughs> What's your degree in? Uh, I'm a finance major. Oh, dude, this is kind of like great. You're kind of like learning how you know to run like a, a business through by you know being a first mate for Bob and seeing how the business has evolved or evolving. I mean, it's what a great time to come on board to learn that kind of stuff. Indefinitely. Yeah, that's cool. All right, so let's get into the fishing part of it. So we're there right now, as we record this, it's the first week of June, um, it coming through the fir- or the end of the first week of June. What is, or what are the salmon doing right now in Lake Michigan? Swimming around fastly. <laughs> we, can't, <laughs> we can't get any stabilization in, in, in the, uh, the darn water. I mean, we literally, We'll talk about your two, your past two weeks and like how as the temperatures of the water are changing, going up rapidly, how the salmon are reacting to that. Yeah, the uh, salmon are finally here. It's nice to say. Uh, two weeks ago, well, we came. Quinn and I came off a twelve day stretch fishing out of Whitehall, Michigan, where we started our spring there, and we went, "Wow!" It just, you know, we were li- literally sitting there looking at each other, going, "We don't know what kind of year it's going to be." And we go out the first day and we don't touch fish and we find like three fish that night. 
and the next day nothing in the morning and then we find like two fish that evening you know we're having to put this together the springtime fishery fast forward into the spring fisheries here we're slapping fish you know we're having 13 17 18 fish whatever days i mean we're just smacking the snot of them having the time of our lives with our clients to okay it's time to transfer to the north you know it's time to go home and sleep in our beds at night and work during the day and we revert we go backwards we go back to 46 degree water and we're going oh crap the fish aren't here yet so you know i mean quinn and i basically had to start over again and we love it um we love seeing the fishery progress and it's safe to say i feel like the fish are here uh full force for the summertime um we're hitting fish deep we're hitting fish shallow we finally got 50 well We've had high winds the last couple of days because of hot weather, but you know, it's 53 degree water out there as of Thursday or Friday. I was there before the winds kicked up and we couldn't get out and we were hitting fish all over the column. We're hitting them on three colors. We're hitting them on four colors. We're hitting them on 300 coppers. We're hitting them on low divers, riggers. I mean, all systems are firing, you know, we're getting them on meat. We're getting them on you know mag spoons slim spoons we're picking up steelhead finally we had a coho last week which is kind of a rare catch for us up here in the early spring so i mean all systems are firing thankfully but you know we spent two weeks putting it together again yeah so can you run that same program as you follow the fish up or are you kind of changing as you go more north are you or are you seeing them liking that same program the entire time as you transition north um well Bob and I fish. Uh, I just want to give this point before I go into it. Bob and I fish salmon very differently, and uh, it makes us a really good team. We kind of tackle it different ways. You know, we obviously have different favorite spoons and favorite paddles and flies and all that. But even just like rigger depths and like Bob puts his high lines in first, and I always go riggers divers first. Okay. You know, just the little different things. But if we're talking about like tactics all the way up, I feel like there, are, from what I've seen, there's tactics down south that just straight up work much better than they do up North. And there's tactics up North that work much better than they do down South. Why do you think that is? Is that just bait related or water temperature uh, related or what? Water clarity. Okay. Water clarity. And then maybe like the state, you know, what stage the fish are in of their, you know, migration North. I don't know. That very well could be. Okay. It's uh, but there, or it could just be confidence. You put a spoon out there with confidence, and it gets bit. I always say confidence is sixty percent of what you do. You know, fishing. Right. That's that's a big deal. So, um, but in regards to tactics, um, meat's been really good all year. You know, that's been a solid producer. Describe uh, meat to people because I know it's like you know something that us three understand. But if someone's like has never fished for salmon at all, describe like what meat is. Yeah, so meat is either uh, cut ballyhoo is probably the most popular, but people also use herring. Uh, we use herring for the most part. Okay. And you put it into what's called a meat rig, um, diabolical, and uh, there's that's what we run a lot of, but there are a lot of other uh, companies that make, make meat rigs out there. Um, typically, it comes with a, a, a head, a cut head, where you slide the meat strip in and put a pin in it. And then there's three teasers, which are just basically flashaboo flies kind of in front of that uh, meat head and then you attach that to a spin doctor or um, you know a stinger or any kind of paddle 
and that is your meat paddle and meat rig basically. Okay. And then obviously targeting that at what you're finding the salmon to be at depth wise. And you're, then you're just trying to get that meat down to their, their strike good, zone. A good rule of thumb too is to always meat typically works better below temp. Below That's temp. just okay. that a lot. I've seen a lot of that, you know, it works in temp obviously as well, but your big fish we always we call it deep meat. Your big fish are going to come on deep meat bites a lot of the times. Okay, that's a good that's a good tip right there. Okay, so you guys come together. You got different styles of fishing that complement each other very well, and you start to build this program. Talk about a little bit like if you know someone with little experience. Let's just say myself coming over to that side of the state over the next you know two three weeks is meat always a good spot to start or like, is there a certain way of like how, I mean, obviously you want to start to figure out what the fish are liking, what the fish are not liking. And you know, the, the trolling for salmon can be overwhelming. So I feel like if people just kind of had like a checklist of things like to start checking off, like would you recommend pulling meat first, then going to the spoons and then trying just trying different colors and flashes and stuff like that? Um, I'm going to jump in on this one. So you, a guy coming over here, and there's a lot to go along with a salmon sure. program. Your lines, your techniques, your tactics. Okay. Quinn and I both agree dipsies. Okay. Run dipsies. If you're going to come over and you're limited on people, say you're coming over with two buddies, you got three people on your boat, run your high dipsies. If you're running highs, Quinn and I think we both agree on this. Run your highs only. Don't worry about lows. Difference between lows, one setting, in a three setting. Mm -hmm. So bring your highs, bring your, you know, wire or braid. I assume most, I mean, I shouldn't assume anything, but braid divers are hard to beat, you know, on high setting, run your meat. Um, I would run blue on one side and green on the other, both standard colors. Um, if you're not in the game of dipsies and you're, you've got two riggers on your boat, I would absolutely run a, paddle and meat rig off of your rigger and a spoon on the other uh mag spoons quinn and i go back and forth on this this is where we vary i like mag spoons a lot more than slim spoons uh, i am becoming more open to slim spoons up high quinn is a lover of you know slimmer smaller four inch to three inch spoons up high on his you know three through nine color i'm a big fan of I will legit put a mag spoon on a five color and not look back and watch it get slapped. Okay. You know, big target up high. So, you know, if you're coming over, bring your paddles, blues and greens, bring your mag spoons, bring your slim spoons. If you're, you've got three guys, you're running nine lines. I would come over with two riggers, two dipsies and three boards. I would come over with two, three hundred and probably a 200. Okay. I think uh, in the next two weeks, I mean, with the water temp, the way we're at, I can't predict any kind of north wind or any change or anything. But the way it's set up right now, I would our three hundreds are getting a bit as much as our five colors at this point. So when you run your dips, you when you're running your um, not your dipsies, but when you're running your downriggers, are you using like do you how important is it to have like one of those fish hawks in your boat? <laughs> um, I'm not. I, it, it, I didn't have a uh, fish hawk for 
literally put it on and went out with buddies one night. I'm like, man, I'm just not getting hit on my riggers much. It just seems like my bites have slowed down, especially my riggers. I mean, compared to springtime, like I'm just not getting hit on my riggers. You know, I'm fishing 60, 70 foot down. I'm not taking hits anymore. Right. What's going on? Right. So I make the investment. I buy the fish hog. I throw it on the boat. I go out. First night out, bam, three kings off the riggers. And I'm like, okay. And now I can't fish. Like it messes with me mentally. Speed, 60, 70% of, I mean, color is an aftermath. Because I right. don't care. I mean, salmon, you, you give them the profile and they're hungry, they're going to eat it. But speed and temp is where my confidence is at. Right. And that's what I wanted to kind of have you hit on because I was a conversation I think you and I had last year or the year before, I couldn't remember. But a lot of people coming from, let's say, the east side of the state might just say, like, I can go over there and get away without having one of those fish hawks on your boat. But I think, like, if if that's something that you want to chase, like, if you're going to go after salmon, especially all throughout the summer, I mean, just everybody I talk to, including you, you're saying it's got to be part of your arsenal. Yeah, I mean, I've got a, I've, here's a great example. Quinn and I's buddy Dave, we just spent fishing with Dave for 12 days in Whitehall. And he is set up to the gills in a beautiful skeeter boat. And he's got all the bells and whistles, but Dave doesn't have a fish hawk. Dave and I are fishing the same pot of fish. On a self troll, Dave is calling me and saying, what, you know, what, what's your current? What's your surface speed? What's your ball speed? At what depth? He doesn't care about temp. He just wants to know about speed because speed is everything. And Describe, folks, the difference in speed. So, like, if your boat's going at one, or, you know, a certain mile an hour, your balls are not. Your your basically your downrigger balls are going to be going at different paces than what the boat could be going at. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. We have current right. in Lake Michigan. Right. Springtime. You know, I mean, nobody really cares about temp in the spring because the surface is cold, but. If you're fishing an area, and the southern lake is notably different, in my opinion, than the northern lake. And so you could be fishing at 70 feet, and you have a current that is, you know, you're you're sitting here fishing 2.5 at the ball. On the surface, you might be having to hit 1.9 on the surface because the current is so strong underneath. It's pushing your baits. at So you fish your bait speed you don't fish your surface speed so okay. you could right off the top of my head there was a day last year i'd go 1.3 mile an hour to hit 2.2 at my ball and when we actually took a hit on a 350 copper and it was the coolest hit i've ever seen in my life because we were barely moving gotcha um quinn i got a question for you go for it so you know 19 and 20 years old and how long have you been fishing salmon would you say on a regular on a regular, I started fishing salmon. I started in the rivers probably when I was about, you know, like I reeled in my first salmon in the river probably when I was like seven or eight. I started doing it really heavily with friends when I was like 13 or 14. And that's about the same time when I started fishing the big lake pretty heavy as well. Okay. So what was the biggest factor for you where you had an aha moment where you're like, that's how you catch salmon out on the big water. Like, is there something that you had to figure out whether that was your, the amount of copper you're letting out or was it, you know, what program or not program, but what aha moment as a young angler coming up where you're like, okay, now I know how to, how these things work. Oh, I can't say I ever had one of those. That's, that's a tough question. You know, I, 
and this this goes to anyone up and coming wanting to get into it. You got to put in your hours. Right. You got to go out there and have to be willing to not catch fish. Okay. That, that just, you, you know, and I was fortunate enough to get a lot of handouts from a lot of old timers who are were some of the best fishermen, in my opinion, ever stepped foot in the state of Michigan. But, um, no, you, you just got to go out there and be willing to fail. And then one day you may figure out, you know, what color works at what depth that day. And then you slowly start understanding, okay, I need to start changing my high line spoons more often, or it's just little things that all start adding up. And then finally you mash together and you get your own program. That's another thing. I, I, I don't like chasing other people's programs because I've seen when you chase someone else's program, it won't work as well on your boat. Right. It just won't. Yep. You no, know, absolutely not. I agree hundred percent with that. You just, you gotta figure out your own gig. You can try copying people as much as you want, but you're never going to be as successful as if you figured out your own gig. Yeah. It's like a, you know, when you get out on the water, it's like walking into like a science lab. You're just sitting there trying to figure out what's going to hit, what's going to take, you know, how many, uh, you know, feet of line to get out on this side versus this side. I mean, there's so many things that pop at different times. And, you know, a lot of it too is when you're going out on the big water on Lake Michigan, I forget what the name of the charter that I was on when I was younger. But anyways, he had mentioned to me, like a lot of it is just getting comfortable with your boat and knowing its limits because salmon can take you way out into Lake Michigan, um, especially as you get later into summer. And you've got to know your limitations as an angler and a, you know, an operator of your vessel basically. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's days where I come out of Glen Arbor and, you know, I'm ripping out 12 miles to hit a Southern bank in July. Right. There's also times when I'm coming out, you know, Leland and I'm sitting there going, Boy, should we go to South Fox Island tonight? I mean, that's like 28 miles out. Right. But those are untouched fish. They never see bait. And all we got to do is come across one pod. And I mean, you hit one pod. I mean, that's the time of your life. And that's what, I mean, that's what us big lake guys. I mean, we live for that every day praying we hit a pod because pod fishing is the coolest fishing. I mean, you get seven, eight rods, both dippies are slapping, riggers are jacking, long line drags are screaming. I mean, that's pod fishing and everybody wants pod fishing. So sometimes you come out and you're like, yeah, I mean, I'm running out. I'm going to go find some untouched fish. I'm going to go learn a new spot. And there's, you know, the biggest rule, like a thumb to me as a charter captain, when I'm driving the boat, because, you know, Quinn's sitting there running line and I'm sitting there taking mental notes of, okay, we just hit one there. Right. Oh, we just hit one 15 minutes later. Or, you know, we're setting lines in the morning and we don't even get all our lines in and the rods start jacking. It's like, okay, we're on them. But then you troll out of them. You get all the fish netted. And usually by the time we've got the last fish on, I'm turning because I'm going, there's a pot of them right there. And they're wound up, they're feeding, they're angry, they're hungry, whatever it may be, but they're right there. I'm already turning. Quinn's running lines. I'm running lines. But you're and, not you're not setting lines until you find the pod though, right? Um so we're going off you know, we don't always know where these pods of fish are. I mean there has been some recent developments in technology that do help. You know, as far as like 
high-end transducers and you know you can use panoptic stuff but we're just going off the day before you know everybody's still doing that they're in this area you know you you see facebook there's a lot of information out there of you know where are the fish okay today i fished 230 foot of water i fished you know 60 feet to 80 feet down and i was on a 2.4 mile an hour troll going south and that was you know i went five for five or I went five for eight. I mean, there's all this information everybody's talking. But for like Quinn and I, you know, we're running charter. We know the spots we like. Okay. And we know where the fish were last night and the day before. And where, I mean, we know where the hot water is because we get to fish every single day. So, you know, two or a week ago, we had a spot that we had a three degree variance of temp. It was three degrees warmer almost in that area. And it was a small area. It's probably a half mile long. But every time we rolled through there, we were taking hit. So it's like, of course, that's where the bait is. And wherever the bait is, the salmon are going to be. Right. Quinn, what would you say would be a minimum for someone if they wanted to get a boat set up to come out there and chase salmon? Like like foot-wise or, you know, like is 19-footer oh. a minimum? I mean, I know people can chase them in all different depths, but like if you're if you're cruising around trying to find pods or that's what I was getting to earlier is like, I mean, those things can be anywhere in the lake and you've got to really put on a lot of miles to figure out where they're at. So like, what would be a good vessel for folks to, if they were thinking about getting into it, you know, to start not like blowing their wad on it, but basically, you know, what's a, what's a decent setup for a, a minimum, you know, foot boat to get out there and start chasing them. Yeah. You know, um, you could go as small as 16 foot, you know, I wouldn't take a 16 foot boat out in anything more than two footers okay but uh you know like i grew up fishing lake michigan with my buddy and his 18 foot smoker craft okay that's and we would we would we were out there quite a bit in that and i you know i've been out in that boat we've been out in four footers and that you know i never felt endangered by any means you just it's whatever you feel comfortable you know if you're not comfortable don't go out there don't risk it right but uh no like running offshore or anything like that you know at 18 to 20 foot's really all you need and uh especially if you get up into like the stripers or any kind of but like baja or any kind of boat like that you know the 20 to 22s of those there's no you know unless it's you got a big storm that blows up on you and suddenly you have six seven footers i really wouldn't have anything too much to worry about out there yeah you know a lot of listeners even to the podcast i feel like you know if they're on the east side of the state or if they've been fishing inland bodies of water and they have you know an 18 to 19 above fishing boat really at that point, it's just adding a couple things onto your boat to go out there to get set up for salmon. Like Bob was mentioning earlier with the downriggers and then the fish hawk and things like that. And then those setups can go on your boat and off your boat. So if you're fishing walleye on this side of the state for East side, you know, you can, you can take that stuff off and then, you know, put it right back on. And then for, you know, right around a thousand bucks or a couple hundred bucks, you can be set up and ready to go for salmon fishing. If you wanted to take a few days to go out there and do that. And I feel like a lot of folks don't realize like, yes, your boat is big enough at 18 feet to go out there. Obviously, like you said, watch the weather, but if there's a couple tweaks and things that they can do to their boat, they can go out there and chase these things. Oh, most certainly. Yeah. It's, it's uh, and there's plenty of, you know, I, I see most guys who have 18 foot boats, at least on this side of the state, they have the salmon equipment most you know it's just if you got if you walleye fish you probably salmon fish too right that's what like around here at least yep okay so bob you are now in or running a second boat can you talk a little bit about that 
Oh, the Skeeter, the work boat. <laughs> so, so yeah. So, boat. tell them what you had before to start with, or what you, or I guess still you still have. you yep. still have, but what you run, what you started running, and what made you want to go and get set up with the Skeeter. Um. So we were in the 2018 Robalo Cayman 226 250 show on the back of it. Mm-hmm. Very sweet boat. Um, love that boat. Still love that boat. Still has a place in you know the business, and I love it over the new boat at times. Um, but business is growing and Quinn came to me last year and we sat down in January and basically my wife's in the background saying, give him anything he wants <laughs> because she loves Quinn. I mean, we all love the Quinster and Quinn has aspirations to be his own captain. So it's like, all right, well, we're here. The business is booming. Um, I hate turning people away more than anything I want every bit of business I can get because I like to make people happy, see them real and fish. So we need a second boat because I'm turning people away at this point. Mm-hmm. So let's get a second boat. Um, we had some mechanical issues early in the spring with the Roballo, which basically cost us, you know, a month's worth of work in the first couple days that it went down. I'm like, okay, you know, I wasn't planning on getting this, second boat until the fall I was going to spend another season with Quinn and you know he was going to give me some time off he was going to get licensed and give me some time off in July and August and then things happened mechanically and it's like okay this has to happen now because with the pandemic there's no promise of getting parts to fix the Roballo not only that there's no (laughs) boats were hard to come by yeah everything's hard to come by and a buddy of mine sent me the you know, this link to this brand new Skeeter. I mean, this thing's like mint. And like I had been looking at Skeeters and Rangers and, you know, still 22 foot range, you know, multi-species. And, you know, it's just better to be on the trailer. We can go where we want, do what we want, when we want and fish where we want. And, you know, it's just better for our client. And it's like, all right. So I went over, test drove it. And like this thing's like been in the water one time. It's mint. I mean, we had to prime the, the kicker mm-hmm. to get the kicker running to see if it runs. So I go through and I mean, I pretty much fell in love. I mean, what guy's not going to fall in love with a brand new Skeeter? And I was like, you know, I mean, I was doing the guy a favor by taking it off his hands and I was doing so myself a favor. And so I grabbed this boat and put it through inspection. Only lost like 10 days of the tail end of my perch season, my perch charter season and got it through inspection and started slapping stuff on it because I knew that where I was headed, you know, I had to do a little bit of blade bait casting with my clients here in Grand Traverse Bay and knew that I had a salmon season to start in May. So, so what I mean, skier did yeah, you no, end up, we, what skier did you end up getting? Uh, we, we ended up going with a 2021 WX 2200. And, uh, I mean, it's got, it's got some bells and whistles, you know I mean? For trolling salmon, it's, it's sweet for trolling walleye. It's sweet for, casting you know i still prefer the roballo you know i like that big deck and wide open spaces no perch fishing i'm still favoring the roballo you know each boat fishes a little bit differently i set it up similar to how i had the roballo set up as far as trolling um more spaced out i feel like like it just fishes it trolls better um it's more fuel economical which is nice but they're both great boats i mean I feel like Quinn and I are probably the luckiest guys 
in the industry right now, having two beautiful boats, multi-species boats, we, I mean, we do what we want when we want, we go where we want kind of a deal. Right. Uh, and we, and we, and the coolest part is we get to take our clients along with us and we get to give them these experiences. Like I'm about ready to go to superior for a week and fish offshore lake trout. You know, I mean, that that's like my biggest passion in the world. And I've got this clientele and they're willing to, you know, go up there and go 30, 40 miles out into Kichigumi and fish giant lake trout. And then the Quinster will be behind and, you know, he'll be doing his thing. And, you know, it, it, we're just lucky. Right. So, so obviously the goal is for you guys to divide and conquer basically, right? So if Quinn was in one and you were in the other, you guys can do different location trips and, Really, you don't have to just cater and stay in one area, then, right? Oh, absolutely. Quinn, what, be, there's going to be times where go, Quinn. Yeah, yeah, Quinn. What, 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 what? You know, what do you? What's your? I guess your favorite time of year to be out on the water, going after what species? Oh, uh, definitely May and uh, May and June take the cake for like the last part of May, first part of June for uh, for salmon. Take the cake for me. Okay. Um, it, it they're just sweet right. salmon are awesome yeah and then i like i think of bob too like fishing with bob bob loves that blade bait bite with the lake trout so it's like you're you're describing the perfect situation where like bob can could be at one part of the the lake let's say up on the bay's grand traverse bay and you could be taking the the skeeter over on the west side and following those salmon up it's it's really a cool setup and from a you know a charter fishing experience um, your clients have options now to choose. Like, let's say they did one year blade bait casting for lake trout. Now they want to try the salmon thing, um, you know, on the other side of the state, on the west side of the state. It'd be pretty cool to for them to have those options. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There, I mean, I'm doing. I'm even doing that right now already. I've got people that are coming and fishing with me, and they're booking that way into july there let's go lake trout jigging for a day and then let's go salmon jigging or salmon trolling excuse me so i mean and that, it's a great great opportunity to push that on people people i mean we're giving them multiple options to catch fish various ways and they're going to figure out what they like and what they don't like and if they don't like sitting there waiting around for a bite then they're going to come and fish with a light tackle where, you know, it's everything's a little faster. Right. Quinn, I'm going to put you on the spot again. Ready? Do it. What does Bob do really well? And then what does Bob need to improve on in this fishing game? Oh man. <laughs> oh. Improve my people skills. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't need to be so groggy in the morning. No. Yeah, um, until he gets his first energy drink down. Exactly. Oh. Get the rock star going. Right. I, I mean, I think at this point we're like coffee and, the uh, you know, a long shower, a coffee. I mean, this is a 38-year-old trying to keep up with a fresh 20-year-old. So, I mean, I'm a 32-ounce coffee and then a drive and then a drive across the lake and then like maybe a rock star – Maybe a don't, <laughs> maybe another rock star. And, you know, we got the 20 year old in the back of the boat, just smiling the whole time that hasn't drank anything. <laughs> Still wakes up feeling great. All right. I'll, let's do yeah. this. What, what's one thing that you've learned from Bob so far getting into this business? Into this business? Yeah. Like Bob marked himself better than 
anybody I've seen. Okay. What was that? I do what? I said you market yourself better than anybody I've seen. Oh, yeah. Well. And he he does his research on it, too. It's um, he, he doesn't necessarily just base it off of, like, who says what. Um, yeah. I if, if you're talking the industry in general, I, that's one thing that stood out to me big time is the willingness he has. You know, he uses every resource he has. And, you know, some people may knock for that, but it it, it works. And uh, we, we get to, as Bob said, meet some really cool people because of it. It's helped the business grow. I see way more positives than I see negatives from it. That's that's definitely it. I also see a lot more people trying to get into becoming captains as well and chartering. And it's like, you've got to be competitive. You've got to be on, you know, the newest technology and the way to market to reach people, all that kind of stuff. It's something that Bob's done really well, but you know, I, I see it all the time. Like I, it seems like every other week you see someone starting a, a chartering business somewhere. And, uh, you know, sometimes you see that they're, they're still doing it two, three years later. And sometimes, you know, two years later, their boat's up for sale and they're, they're not doing it anymore. So it's a, it's like any business. It's very tough and, and it can be very competitive. Oh, well, yeah. And I think part of that is some people are, uh, jump into it a little quick. Okay. I think is what, you know, and yeah, it's just, you know, you get, I, I didn't jump in it, you know, my third year, but some people do that, you know, maybe it's because the job situation or whatnot, but if you, if you don't have a, a really strong foundation knowledge base and you know, your, your program isn't going to always work. And a lot of times, in all honesty, it doesn't work and you have to change and you have to adapt. And some people just don't have the knowledge to do so. You know, if, if you've only fished the big lake for three years, you you may not have that the knowledge to do so. Or you may. I've seen plenty of people succeed, but I've also, as you said, seen plenty of people have their boats up for sale two, three years down the road. Well, I think you hit it the you know, you hit it on the head earlier when you said time on the water. I mean, that's the number one thing. If people try to do it on the weekends, that's really, really tough going out to the, you know, against the people who do it all week long. Cause you're praying and hoping on two, three days of good weather or, you know, water temperatures or wind directions and things like that. I mean, sometimes like, you know, even for me, I, when, when I try to just do it on the weekend, you're not going to, you might not be able to figure that bite out with just one day on the water. You might have to try to get out there the next day, but you know, people have families, obligations and things like that. So the folks that can spend the most time on the water, um, I feel like, you know, it's, it's just more of an advantage. Oh, for sure. Being just working weekends, like, you know, that's, that's a, definitely a good place to start. If that's where you're at financially, like you got a good paying job and you want to start running charters on the weekends to eventually make it a, a long-term thing. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that, but you can't do that forever. Um, you, you, you either got to kind of give it up or go full bore and, you know, make sure you got a book good enough to do so. Right. Bob, you've experienced that from going part-time to more full-time, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I started my world off with a full-time job and then in the downturn, the pandemic, when it started at COVID, you know, I, I got laid off my full-time job and I'm like, this is, this is do or die time. Right. Like, and I went for it and now it's just like, oh my gosh, like, I can't believe where, where we're at here. I mean, so yeah, I mean, I'm a full-time charter captain. I mean, at the end of the day, every day, I'm just like, my goal is the same. 
I like to I like to see people smile. I like to help create those memories. I like to see people reel in fish, big, small, skinny, fat, short, whatever fish. Like not short fish, but you know, big fish, little fish, tasty fish, ugly fish. I don't care. Let's create those memories, and I want to see people smile. That's the number one reason I do it. That's right. Don't care about anything else. Let's just have a good time. Well, you guys are doing the right things. You guys are putting up big numbers on social media. Um, it's been great to follow you guys here the last couple of weeks, especially with all the fish that you've been posting. Um, where can people go to uh, to uh, maybe book with you guys? Uh, we can be found pretty much Facebook, centralcoastangling.com, Instagram, centralcoastangling. Um, we have a YouTube page, a little bit of tutorial in there. Okay. I don't touch it much because I'm a busy guy, but it's a uh, central post angling. Um, you know, Quinn, I don't even know what your thing is. Yeah. Quinn, what do you do? Where, where do you live at on the what? social media world? Yeah. Uh, I mean, so my Instagram handle is, uh, at Newton 44, my last name without the K. Okay. And you can find me on Facebook at, uh, just Quinn Knudsen. Yeah. Basically I, I, uh, don't have quite any uh, direct Instagram accounts tied to the business yet. Okay. It is not, I do got to throw out there, though, have a little perk that I love having Quinn. At the end of the week when I write my report, and I'm like, I got to do this report. Send me your pictures for the week. I no longer have to take pictures, and Quinn takes excellent photography. <laughs> so I'll be like, hey, send me the pictures for the week, and then I can throw them up. And, you know, at this point, we're doing like once a week, you know, reports. That I try to do like, okay, we're on – I think we're on week three right now or week four. I think we're ending week three or four. I don't know. But uh, I just did one the other day. It felt like probably was a week ago. But, you know, I mean, we we try to keep it up to date. Okay. We definitely do. Follow us along. And, you know, always just because we're charter captains doesn't mean you have to pay us for, you know, all of our knowledge. We love we'd rather have you on the boat. But if you have a generic question of rigging, or, you know, don't ask me where the fish are at. Pay me for that. Right. But if you have questions for rigging, you know, shoot me a message on social. Shoot Quinn a message. He might respond faster than me. And we're always happy to help people. I mean, we're just because we're industry professionals doesn't mean that we're snobs. I mean, we're here to help people first. So that's awesome, man. I think that'll go a long way with people too, because it can be intimidating asking those questions, especially even for me, you know, like to get set up for salmon. It's, it's a lot. There, you you know, buying rods and reels and what line to put on there and flashers and it's everything like that. It it can be very overwhelming. Well, yeah, I mean, I think Quinn's favorite day of the week is when I take him to the tackle store. <laughs> oh, I love that. Go spend. <laughs> here's here's my wallet. Go crazy, Quinn. So. Yeah. Well, he good. Lucky for you, he's a finance major, so he won't drain you. Yeah. Yeah. At some point, he's gonna have to take over the books on this business, and probably first mate on occasion, definitely you know, captain all the time. So, all right. All right, boys dangling for a while. Well, thanks for your time. Let's, uh, let's keep it going this summer. Keep posting the photos. Quinn, keep uh, Bob in line and caffeinated. And, uh, I will. Yeah. Thanks for both of you coming on to do the podcast. I think it's, uh, giving folks hopefully a little bit of a spark and some knowledge to get out there and start, uh, start figuring out their own program and grab some salmon. Absolutely. Thank you, Lee. Thanks for having us. All right, guys. Did you guys hear that? What are you doing? Why aren't you out chasing salmon right now? Now is the time. You guys heard Quinn say that his favorite time to chase salmon is right now. End of May and June. 
get out there, start working out the kinks, put together a program. And, uh, you know, like Bob said and Quinn, reach out to them on Instagram. I'll put their Instagram handles in the bottom of the show notes. Uh, You can follow Central Coast Angling on Instagram. Ask them a question. You know, if there's something uh, that you that you want to know more in depth about, um, you know, Bob and Quinn are there. They're going to help you out. They're not going to point to exactly on the map of where the salmon are at, but they're going to point you in the right directions. They're going to make sure that you are successful. Please use them as a resource. Bob is a great dude and Quinn sounds like an awesome man as well. So, um, yeah, guys, remember to subscribe to the podcast. Please leave me a five star review if you think that uh, this podcast was helpful to you. And um, remember to follow me on Instagram at Freshwater Bite. And we are back and we are cranking out some episodes. So summer's here, folks. Uh, That's it. Thanks for listening.